Hola, hola, hola. ¿Qué tal? Film Family. Es Susco, your host. Um, AKA The Time Scheduler on all those social media thingy bobbies. Um, Timescheduler.com. Go on, check out. There's some stuff there for film students. There's some like questions that have been answered. If you're looking to get into the film game, um, you can also sign up to the email list that I've started uh, beginning of the year. Do kind of one a week. Uh, and it's just news or thoughts or you know things that I had questions that I had even when I started in the film industry so go and sign up check that out I want to thank everyone who's donated to the charity walk that I'm doing Friday 26th of June this Friday 2020 for all of you listening in the future um, so don't you don't need to, to do anything um, really appreciate everyone's I just really appreciate everyone kind of giving in a time where you may know what for months um, you know the, the 10 20 quids that you've all given has meant so much um, you know work's coming back I'm gonna be seeing you soon it's gonna be weird to not be able to give you hugs and kisses and handshakes but we'll figure out there's like I've started working and we've got this little kind of funny little foot shake that we're doing um, so thanks for coming back we've got a lovely great week um, I hope you're having an amazing time, you amazing people. And let's do it. Let's get started. Recording. So, hello, film family. Um, I'm, I'm, this, it's just, I'm going to love this. Because not only is this person very good at her job, but she's also got so much more to her that it's, you're going to find out so much. And it's going to be quirky. It's going to be fun. It's going to be informative. No pressure. Okay, no pressure. <laughs> so, before I waffle on far too much, what is your name and what is your role on the call sheet? My name is Jane Fryers, and on the call sheet, I'm called script supervisor. But the truth is that I've been referred to as continuity, which is okay, yep. um, scripty in Canada, script bitch <laughs> by some New, New York creatives. And uh, the Time Nazi by the a well known and obviously very long winded comedian. <laughs> oh, God, what a title! The Time Nazi is just, just ridiculous. It's <laughs> really funny oh, because what God. I used to have uh, one particular comedian, and he did a long series of, uh, of commercials. But I think sometimes with a the commercial, they're slightly, how can I put it, they're written slightly longer than they need to be and it's very hard obviously all the words have got to fit in you know yeah. you've got your little end bit a pack shot or an end tagline but you've also got the dialogue and it's got to fit in so a lot of my sometimes a lot of my job is uh, going up to an actor and saying uh, could you do it quicker <laughs> could you do it quicker <laughs> can you say it can you say it quicker and um yeah and he just yeah he's the very laugh yeah as i walked away from him he got time nuts because <laughs> it is true it's like in a in a 30 second something where they've got 40 seconds of stuff to speak it can be like that and then yeah. can you just go a little bit quicker please yeah and sometimes i get a script so part of my prep is to read redo the script and um and it so what I do is I read the dialogue. I kind of ignore the stage directions to a point. I ignore them first read, read the dialogue, 
and I read the dialogue, so I'll talk at the speed I'm talking to you. But I'm aware that once an actor gets a line, they might say, I will read the script in the way that... And it's like, no, 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 it's not time for that. So, yeah. so fast forward. It's all about you know, timing. You've got to speak yeah. in fast forward. Exactly. So what does it... So what does a role mean to you? What does the role mean to me? Yeah, what does being a script supervisor mean oh, to you? What, uh, what do I do? Do you mean? It, it means, uh, you know, do you know what, what it's, a, it means, it's a bit like, I was thinking the other day of analogies, it's a bit like being in goal. I work with a lot of guys, with a lot of football, you know, no. football chat. Soccer. So it's like being in goal. So the goalie, you know, is standing there and you're watching the ball and it's coming, coming, coming. And, um, and you're hoping that the defenders are going to get hold of this and they're going to stop it and kick it away from you and you're good. And sometimes it gets past the defenders, it's coming towards you and you go for it. And sometimes you save it and sometimes you miss it. And that's when everyone notices you. You're like, oh, what did you let that in for? That's, that's my job. Nice. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm in charge of overall continuity, like yep. trying to watch all the department's continuity. So um, I have contact in discussions, many discussions, with camera and sound and uh, lighting, costume, makeup, props, sets. Um, a basic, or actors, obviously, like move. I watch everything that moves, and then I watch things that shouldn't move, but sometimes do move. Nice. And... Um, I make sure that the script is accurate, if it needs to be accurate. And sometimes it doesn't need to be accurate. So sometimes I'm following the script and I'll say to a director, oh, he just said this word. And then, oh, it doesn't matter. So sometimes um, the dialogue, particularly if it's a legal thing, will matter. And sometimes it doesn't matter as long as the gist is there. Mm. And then there are versions and versions of versions. So I watch those, make a note of them. Um, I'm like the editor's eyes and ears on the set. So because they're generally not on set, I keep a note of everything that happens so that they know where to find everything. Amazing. And you've got this like beautiful old school. I can when I first looked at your hand, I was like, he's writing hieroglyph in hieroglyphics. What is he okay? That was but no, but you like you're like what so your process, let's let's just kind of start maybe how you got in and where you started, and then that will probably give okay. us the, the basis of 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 how you work. Because I think asking how you work without knowing the history feels a bit backwards. So how did you, what was the starting point? So when I was at school, I joined a, a drama group and I was about nine, I think, joined this drama group because I didn't, I wasn't very confident kid. I was quite shy and my mom obviously thought this would be the thing. So I joined this drama, drama group and um, I used to go to that every Sunday and I used to get all the princess parts. I can't think why. She says, holding her beautiful hair. For everyone <laughs> listening, you know, Janie's hair down to, well, it's probably uh, hitting the floor soon, Rapunzel. Yeah, I need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so I was used to get the princess parts, and that was fine for a while, and then I got bored of that. And I was going to leave, and so, and the guy who ran this drama group said, oh, don't leave. Why don't you, I think you'd be good being my assistant. So I started being his assistant and I used to schedule stuff and make sure everybody came to the rehearsals. Um, uh, I had the script, I used to prompt, all sorts of stuff. And um, when I was about, I think I was 16, about to do my, uh, going to A-level year mm. and thinking about university and what I wanted to do, uh, he worked at the BBC and he said, why don't you come, I'm going to come up to the BBC, I'm going to show you around, take you for lunch. 
and he did that and that was when everything just turned it's like this is where i want to be wow. absolutely knew where i wanted to be so i applied to the bbc i got um, a place on a training course to learn to be a secretary so before a level or were you doing it during a level did you just scrap no A-level? so all i had to do to get on the course was finish my A-level. Okay. So I had the best time doing A-levels. I used to skive economics, go to English, and then spend the rest of my time in the art room. And, um, nice. and then at the end of it, I joined the BBC. And that was really fun. So I trained to be a secretary, and we were guaranteed a job afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I was sent to a programme correspondence department. And oh. so I was the sec- second secretary. <laughs> the woman who answered letters about, um, what was her, her brief, was religious programmes. Um, films and bought-in programs so a lot of American sitcoms and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, and I remember the letter the letters about continuity used to make me laugh people would write and go you know why are you otherwise excellent film with their onions in the burger when it was made and then no onions when it was handed over yeah so that's when I first heard of continuity and um, and then I stayed in that department and finally got into where I wanted to be, which was in the drama department. What did you do in that department? Just, just to, so I quickly, so, did, were you answering the letters back or did you just have to read them out somewhere or, or was it collecting? No, uh, no, it was um, opening them, opening the mail in the morning, yep. sorting them to different piles. And then she would dictate the letters and her senior secretary would get the best letters and I would have <laughs> the other letters. We knew the onion letters. Was onion a good? Uh, Where was onion on the scale? My God, onion was was good. But there was—I do remember a time when when, there was time before, um, must have been even before video recording. So if you missed a program, you'd missed it. And we got this great letter once from um, some nuns in a convent, and they were following Dallas, but they'd missed an episode because of a power cut. So they wrote in wanting to know what they'd missed so that they could catch up the next week and I was the only one in the office who'd watched Dallas and I got to write you know I got to Yay. do my draft with what had happened <laughs> um, and she checked it and sent it out yeah, yeah that's, fine. that's incredible because you don't like I guess technology's come so fast that people are just like what do you, what do you mean you missed it you know it's like, there yeah, was exactly. no, it's like well it, it was on at yeah. a time and if you didn't yeah. sit down in front of the telly at five o'clock you missed it and that was it it was over there's no it. re-records there was no reruns it was amazing no and then people I, like, I love i love the fact that there was a department for people just to be like oh i can't admit you know all of a sudden i'm just like oh, i can't even be bothered i'll just write to jane i'll just see how much <laughs> and then so how long did you do that for i think i was there for about a year and and I loved it, you know, I loved the woman I worked for, the second secretary was great. It was real, the only problem was they smoked. They smoked, mm. both of them smoked all day, chain smoked, and I didn't. And we had to have the office door shut. And, oh my God. And I think that's, uh, that's kind of, I think that really prompted me to make an effort to leave. You got fumigated out of the secretary role. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you move from there then? What was the plan? So I, as a secretary, I stayed within the BBC and uh, you could apply for jobs. And I got a job as a secretary to a drama producer. Nice. Um, and that was fab. So I shared an office with um, another secretary. So it's a producer each side mm-hmm. and the secretary's office in the middle. And because of that, and because I worked for a lovely producer, I had so much freedom. So then I started my training unofficially 
And as long as the other secretary is in the office, he would let me go on set. I'd go to location. I go to the edits, to a dub. Wow. So, you know, I really learned a lot. I had one lovely summer just hanging out at Ealing Studios with the two editors who were working on the series I was working with. Mm. You know, it felt like an endless summer of just hanging outside, going back in, watching some editing. It was just, yeah, oh, great. Amazing. Like, the smile on your face when you're talking about it, you know, like, it just, uh, it just feels like you absolutely knew you were in the right place. Mm, I did. Loved it. Loved it, loved it. And then, um, so my goal then, at the BBC, there was a job called production assistant, mm -hmm. and it covered what we in commercials know as a production assistant. So you would set up the programme. You're kind of the first person there. Often you join before the director. So you would set up the programme. Um, you'd be there for the casting, for the... You'd be there for the casting. I'm having a, a sip of water, <laughs> For my parched throat in this lovely sun. Yeah, I want water. Can we have a water break? Wait. Yeah, that's it. Time out. Running to. So, yes, the job of production assistant at the BBC means that you start very early on. So you're doing the job of production assistant that we know in commercials. Mm -hmm. So you're there for the, the beginning, the uh, post pre-production. You watch the casting. You um, see the programme crewed up. You go to rehearsals, you're timing that. Then as the shoot starts, um, you're doing the continuity. So that's your job on set. And oh, depending wow. on the programme, you know, in a drama, that's your thing. You're doing continuity, script supervising. Yeah. But on, <laughs> on children's programmes or something with less crew, you can be doing continuity while you're holding the child who's not supposed to be on set and one arm, holding their ice cream, you've got a stopwatch, and also you're on the phone to the pub making sure there's lunch ready for everybody. <laughs> it's quite a kind of juggling... Yeah, yeah. holding all the balls up but again great training and then you stay with the program when uh, it's finished shooting and you go again to the edits to the dubs to um you know, part of the music uh, the music recordings you're going to all these things and then you do the post-production paperwork so you get a really good overview of how a program's made mm. and is that is something good. that you sounds like you kind of saw continuity and thought that's me but having that wide range of experiences you know sitting in in a in a in an editing suite you must have learned what the editors were looking for so then your notes could be a little clearer did you grab it or you just live in it and you didn't really take in all the experiences i think to start with i didn't take them all in but Later, later I did, and now I would say anyone who says to me, oh, I'd like to be a script supervisor, the first thing I would do is send them to an edit. Mm. Because I think if you don't know where it's heading to, you can't, you can't do your job as well. I think it makes you much better. And I also think that's true of a lot of departments on set. Mm. You know, if you, if you don't know how the post-production process yeah. works, you don't need to know the ins and outs and technicalities, but you do need to know what's, where it's heading and how it's put together. It makes you much better at your job. I think. Agreed. So you, 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 you smashed your A levels. You've got them. You've joined the BBC. In that PAing role, was there a point that then you know your boss suddenly went right, fly the nest, or did you suddenly turn around and go, I've got to go? Or how did how did you suddenly then become an onset freelancer? Or how 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 did it work? So I stayed at the BBC after I was trained. I stayed there for a few years working as 
a PA and doing music programs, live programs, sitcoms, a real range, kids programs, religious programs. I did those and then it got to a point, I think I was doing Antiques Roadshow, which I loved. Nice. But I just felt like I wanted a bit more freedom. It was time to leave. Mm. So I did leave. I left the BBC, started to freelance in television. And then, um, how did that happen? I started, oh, I was off. <laughs> so I did my first feature. As a PA or, or, or as script? As just a script supervisor, well, okay. just, but as a script supervisor, as opposed yeah. to PA. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I did, did my first feature. And um, that was an experience. Yeah. And completely different, but I loved it. I'm just laughing. What did you learn? It, it was, um, what did I, I learned. Um, well, how was it different, so I guess, would be the first question. Sorry. Um, you're much more concentrated. What I quite liked about it was you were concentrating on script supervising mm. and you weren't doing the other stuff as well. You were, I was aware of it, which was nice because I knew about it. But I quite liked the fact that I was just concentrating on this one thing. Well, one thing as much as it's ever one thing. Mm. Yeah, one yeah. role. But one role, yeah. It was fun. So it was Ken Russell's version of Treasure Island nice. with um, his wife playing Long Jane Silver. And it, it was the most amazing experience. So um, I learned so much from him about continuity being perfect mm. and imperfect at the same time. So I would be worrying about often as I do the minutiae of things. And then there was one fabulous day where um, I'd heard a rumor at lunchtime, there'd been a bit of a scuffle between one of the sea cooks um, who was, he'd kind of written it like, uh, it was a bit of a cross between um, Treasure Island and Snow White. So he had seven sea cooks. And one of the sea cooks who'd been street cast, so all the, they were all street cast, never acted before. He was quite rough and he pinned the costume supervisor up against the wall and sworn in her face. So Ken came <laughs> after lunch. He's really getting into the role there. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, um, I can't remember this guy's name. He said, anyway, so the, I've heard there's a bit of a problem with this guy. I fired him. So I said, oh, okay. And he said, so that means we're, we're one sea cook down. So I said, How long right. into filming were you? Halfway through. Oh. And so, <laughs> so, so there's a bit of a problem. And I said, yes, there is. And he said, but I think, he said, do you know what? And he had this phrase, he used to say, sillies won't notice. And it meant the general public won't notice. Um, and he said, sillies won't notice. Uh, we could use, and at that moment, the loader walked past the clapper loader and he had quite he had hair like yours long in a ponytail yeah. and he said him he'll do he said tell him to go to makeup and get his hair cut we'll use him so he re recast the loader oh, as one of the secrets. <laughs> we oh. got another loader in and the rest of the shoot we did with um with the loader playing one of the secrets and what we did was we used to you know, if I thought about it as continuity, you can't do that. But actually, we did. We pushed him to the back. He never yep. had a close-up. He was always at the back of all the dance routines and stuff. Mm. And, uh, and by the end of it, we were laughing and say, oh, only his mum will know. It'll be fine. Did you, watch it? did you watch the film back and go, yeah, it's really obvious that that dude's just changed? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you obviously did. Well, I did, but I, I did you, watched Did the BBC eight. get any letters? <laughs> Uh, it, was it was channeled four by then. Okay. No, it did. I don't think anybody, nobody mentioned it. But I think that it's interesting when I watch particularly a film that I've done that, I'm sitting there going, oh, 
<laughs> I hold my breath through the whole film. But um, is that if the I one have thing that like on... takes you out of a film, if you and I and I've, I think I've asked this a couple of times now, but to editors and stuff like you like if you're watching a film and all of a sudden the continuity is just way off does it throw mm. you out of the film or do you just go ah don't worry about it only if i'm bored i know i'm bored yeah. in a film if i start watching the continuity and it's usually somebody's fringe you'd be like oh that wasn't like that before <laughs> no it means I... wine glasses and, when, and like oh, if a kids yeah. thing and they're like topping each other up and all of a sudden it's like yeah. he just finished that glass on the last one and now they're drinking and it's a whole new, you know no don't do it don't do that thing. Anything, I think that's um, it's going up at a tangent a bit. I always say to actors, just really keep it minimal. Yeah. Don't make it difficult for yourself. Yeah. But yeah, with, with films, um, no, if I'm not being paid, I just totally switch off and I watch the film and enjoy it. And wow. I don't, don't get involved. Yeah. Sensible. You know, you paid your money, you might as well enjoy it. Lucky. Yeah. I'm, I'm really lucky that it doesn't bother me because sometimes you go to the cinema with a, a DP and they're watching the lighting all the time. It's like, oh, just oh, enjoy the film. Stop like, talking about stop the fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So you, that first feature film, massive, steep learning curve, or were you already kind of there? Massive. And... No, massive, massive, massive. And, and Ken was funny because he was so experienced. Mm. And it was such a, um, I think I heard afterwards, I never asked him, I heard afterwards he'd done it for a bet that he could, I can't, I think we were shooting on Super 8. It was a very strange thing to be doing. It was a bet. And I learned so much from him. And he'd be, <laughs> one day he came in and, um, and I always thought I was well prepped for the next day and I got the schedule. But, and he came in one morning, he said, um, right, how am I going to shoot this? And I, I thought, um, I thought you were directing. <laughs> like, no, it's your job to know how I could shoot it. Oh, okay. So then I added <laughs> to the horrors of, you know, doing the edit notes at night, working out how he could shoot it if he ever asked me that again. Wow. That kind of be one jump ahead. Yeah. And the other thing, it's just coming back to me, the horrors of it, we didn't have playback. And I, can't, I don't think we had video. So it was, it was never possible for me to watch anything back. Mm. So I had to make notes, take, I think it was Polaroids, and I had to make notes, take Polaroids, and remember. And, and he used to, I could never tell, he was quite a tease. Mm. He'd say to me, oh, you, did he have his legs crossed before? i say, yeah, I think so. And he's like, well, you should know. So I learned then to always say, yes, he should, and then think about it afterwards. <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, it's like, yeah. Be decisive. So is, is be decisive. That that experience of kind of no playback, no being able to watch it, all the rest of it. Is that where you then? Is that where the shorthand came in really useful? Because if you know, if I'm trying to write and I'm trying to write full words, I could never make the notes you do in the time that you do them. Well, it's interesting because I don't use shorthand. When oh. we were trained at the BBC, Sorry. we although I I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's just my bad writing. Um, <laughs> we were told. It is hieroglyphics, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> it's a combination. But we were told not to use shorthand for our, for our continuity notes in case we died. And if we died, Classic, we're taking please. all steps. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> this one's dead. Bring in the next one. Just take over. 
But exactly that. If somebody took over your job, they had more chance of reading your scruffy writing than they did of reading your shorthand. So I don't ever. Why, shorthand? shorthand. I, no, I don't know anything about the shorthand. Is it very specific to you as a person? And is it not just another well, way of writing? Well, I think, yes, but I think then you would need the replacement who did your sort of shorthand. Right. So I mean, so if ideally you would be replaced by somebody who'd done the same course and did, because the Beatles, BBC had a different shorthand from uh, legal shorthand. Right. I'm sure I've seen that. I you think kinda, you've specific. got like little inflections and flicks for certain endings of words. Have you been, and that kind of, have you been reading my notes? I have been reading I've all your notes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, I do have a lot of shorthand things. I do. No. Yes, I do. I'll write things like hip which means hand in pocket nice. or um or i do half little doodles like they'll be mm. I, <laughs> you hieroglyphics there you go Third it's, time. <laughs> it's not it's not the it's eagle was at be. the pyramid and <laughs> <laughs> it'll be what it'll be is just the stick man's arm yeah. which means that somebody's got their hand on their hip okay or what else do i do Were I you taught that or did you just up. come up with that no I came up with it. Nice. I think I'm sure everybody does it. I'm sure everybody has their own little tiny squiggles that mean something mm. that you couldn't possibly write that fast. Okay. And is that and now with like with the technology and, and the watching back and all the rest of it, how has your like have you had to adjust? Has your role changed? Have you changed? Or how, what what's happened in the last I don't know, 10, 15 since digital's come in? <clears throat> Polaroids have gone. Yeah. Shooting on Polaroid. <laughs> I think where every time you take a Polaroid, you have to say flashing. You don't have to say that anymore. Nice. Um, yeah. So digital, I think digital has changed things in a good way and in, in not such a good way. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, I love being able to use my phone to take all the photos I need to. And the fact you can zoom in and see what that tiny blob in the corner was, that's really right. good. And you can also take photos during a take if you need to. Yeah. That's good. Um, I think we've talked before about um, my love of paperwork. So I've tried, there, there's a movement for everything to, to go high tech, yeah. to have everything on your iPad. And I think there are script supervisors who do that. But for me, I've tried it and it doesn't work for me. I'll sometimes, every job's different for me. Sometimes I'll type as I go. If there's a lot of um, ad-lib dialogue, it's easier to type it on the laptop as I go. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I'll have stuff on my iPad. But I generally prefer a file and paper because I'm, I like to share with my job. I don't, my job isn't all about me having what I need. It's about me having what other people need. So I'm much happier to have the script, if the director says to me, where's the script? I can just show him the script. I don't have to get my iPad and flick from the page I was on mm. to, to then show him the script or someone else wants to see the storyboard or, um, or, or anything else that I might have that someone wants to see. I like to be able to show them that. And also sometimes if the actor needs a script, I can give them my script. I just give them that bit of paper and then I carry on with the take. If that was on my iPad, what do I do? Give them my iPad? Mm. Or do I keep it and say, no, you can't have the script. Yeah. You should have learned it. Uh, it works for me much better to have paper. And does that make it feel, is it just a process? Is it just your process 
and um and talking to people what is it that you're getting from those conversations that you couldn't do with digital if that's even a question i don't uh, even know if that's a question is that a question yeah so there's a lot of stuff that on the on the script supervisor programs that you can get mm -hmm. you can get a lot of the information you need without going to talk to anybody i can get the camera set up on it I can get what sounds doing. I can take all the information from those departments. It can come to me without me leaving my little station. Oh, I see. But, but the joy for me of filming is chatting to everybody, is going up to the focus puller and saying, oh, what's the setup for that last scene? Finding yeah. that moment. And some, sometimes that's time consuming and sometimes it's not a great moment for them, but I'll work mm. around that. I'd much rather do that. And, and I want to be talking to everybody about that. That's the way I do my job. I talk to everyone. I want to know how everyone's feeling, um, who's in a good mood, who's in a bad mood, who's really mm. stressed, who, you know, who's been up all night, who's come straight from another shoot, who's mm. got a hangover. I want to know all those things because in my job, I'm trying to watch everything. But the truth is I can't watch everything. So I want to know if, if somebody's not right up to par, then I know that I need to watch them more. Mm. I need to, so for instance, for instance, <laughs> let's go back to the loader. If the loader has come straight from another shoot and they're really tired, I know that I need to make sure the slate's right. Yep. I just they just need a bit more backup. Nice. If I've got a costume designer who hates doing continuity, I know that I need to be there for them. Whereas makeup might be someone who's so totally on it, I don't even need to look at them. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a, it mixes all the time and changes. So I want to know. I just want to know at breakfast that first morning, I want to know how everyone's feeling and who's on the crew and, and where I can help and how my job's going to change that day. Because that's, it sounds like an, like, it, it's the difference between being a human being that's interacting with film mem crew members or just being a robot that's just being given data to input into a spreadsheet. That's how it fits, like not knowing the ins and outs of it. And it's like, I would choose the, the human when I chat a bit. Like I couldn't, if some, as a second, you know, you have to, you know, talking to people and all the rest of it. And if there was, if there was a way of not talking to people, I definitely wouldn't choose to do that. It just doesn't yeah. sound fun at all. No, that's the same for me. And I think there was, there was a bit of a run of, um, of script supervisors having a trolley, like, you know, you have the sounds, they have their trolley, video have their trolley, script supervisor having their trolley. So you've got your own monitor, from which you can take your own screen grabs. You watch your own thing, you've got your own script. You're very much there at your station. And that's not, it's not my style. I want to be, I don't mind being perched somewhere. I don't mind yeah. having to switch places with people around the monitor constantly mm. or stand up and write or, or all those things that bring me closer to where I need to be. Mm. And for me, generally, I need to be next to the director, hearing what they're saying, noting down when they've got a good take or a bad take, right next to them, if I need to sell on something, I want to do my job really quietly without being noticed. That's my aim, stealth continuity. Oh, I don't ninja. want to be shouting it across there. There's no time, <laughs> Nancy, you're a time ninja. I do, I want to be quiet about it. I don't want to, I want it done without anyone noticing. If I've got mm. something to say to, to anybody, I want to say it really quietly. And if I'm next to the director and I say, I can, I can speak to a director, if they don't mind, in the middle of a take, I can get my point across and they can know whether they want to cut or not. Mm. And what's that relationship like? What are you know, between you and a director? How did it, where, 
where does your journey start with them and, and how does that relationship work on set? It tends to, on commercials, this is only on commercials, yep. drama and TV is very different, but on a commercial, I tend not to speak to or see the director before the first morning. Mm -hmm. And, and interesting, if I don't know the director, if I haven't worked with them before, my journey starts as soon as I get confirmed. It's like, right, who's the director? And I, <laughs> I make production managers laugh. I say, are they nice? <laughs> if they're not nice, I'm not going there. Yeah. Um, so are they nice? And then I want to know, um, I want to know a bit about the director. So if they're drama trained, they're going to use my job in a very different way from somebody who's come from perhaps the agency mm -hmm. or um, other places directors come from. It's, it's very, the job is very different. And um, so I like to know about the director. I like to know whether they like to use continuity because sometimes I'm booked by, um, I'm requested by the agency because if it's American, they're going to edit and the director won't be at the edit. So they want the notes okay. to be spot on. Mm. And sometimes I'll, <laughs> I'll get a slightly concerned producer ringing me up here. No, we've got you for this job, but uh, the director doesn't like script supervisors. Oh, no. So I go, oh, okay. Oh, gosh. What happens then? Okay, there? that's fine. Well, then I say it very differently. So I find out as much as I can why they don't like them. It might have been a bad experience with someone. They think we're annoying, yakking in their ear all the time, whatever it is. And, and then I just play it by ear. So, for instance, I did once um, work with a director who, who was from LA, LA, and he'd come over, producer said, doesn't like script supervisors, just keep out of his way, don't say anything to him unless it's necessary, you know, maybe go through me. I thought, okay, I can do that. And um, I was running up the stairs, at the studios, running, bad, yeah, running yeah. up the stairs as this guy was coming down. And... Um, and I said to him something like, oh, sorry, I shouldn't run on the stairs or don't pass on the stairs. Or blah, blah. I had a bit of a joke with him, but I didn't know who he was. And later, when I was introduced to him, that was the director. And already, because of this exchange, he had a bit of a twinkle in his eye. Nice. So I'd seen that. And when his producer went off, I said, oh, I hear you don't like script supervisors. Did you just say it? Go <laughs> <laughs> on, JD. No, no, it's no, it's not that. No, Call no. them out. Call them out. And I said to him, um, I said, I'm going to start off standing with you, but when I get really annoying, you can just tell me to go away. I won't be offended. Oh. And that's how we started. And mm. um, and it, you know, it was he was lovely and he was fine. And by the end of the shoot, this hasn't happened before or since. He sent me flowers. Oh, like, oh wow! Good, amazing. And he's you know he's now one of my favourite directors. And I just think it's, it, for me, it's always playing it by ear and just trying to be as much out. There are directors who really don't want me standing with them. And in that case, I go and stand with whoever's doing video and I'm happy to do my job from there. And then it really is self. I know why, I know why it's an annoying job because basically I'm spending the whole day telling people they made a mistake. Yes. <laughs> that's so, wrong. That's so, uh, it's that's basic. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. But then you're doing it so I, that it's they don't then look silly on screen later you know exactly you know, it's, it's a it's a team thing and and continuity is a funny one as well because continuity is really important until it doesn't matter mm. <laughs> don't worry about it oh gosh and it didn't it happen in a very large i'm not going to call the name out of the show but it happened that you know something was left in the back of shot and all of a sudden it then hit the newspaper and all the rest of it and, da, 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 and you kind of think oh, oh always yeah 
every film that comes out, there's always um, oh, that? there's always you know twenty five mistakes in Harry Potter or whatever it is. And uh, the scars on his right face, then it's on his left cheek, and then it's yes. <laughs> and everyone looks at you, but actually, you know, you, you probably noticed that and the script supervisor probably said, "Oh, that was in his wrong hand," and then they go, "Oh, no, 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 better performance on take one. Let's use that." Yeah. So that happens. But I, I do remember there's another feature I did and a friend of mine rang me up and she said, oh, guess what? Sexy Beast is going to be on that Continuity Mistakes programme. No, went, no. Did you do Sexy that Beast? Is... We're very Winston. I did, yeah. No, <laughs> love it. <laughs> you will make this, you will turn this opportunity. Yes. And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> ben Kingsley. Sir, sorry, Sir Ben Kingsley. Apologies. Sir Ben, yeah. Jonathan yeah, Glazier, um, wasn't it? It was, yeah. 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 What was that so like? Oh yes, continuity mistakes. I'll tell you in a minute. The yeah. continuity mistakes yeah, yeah, yeah. thing was. So I spent all day waiting for this program to come out. Going, what what happened? I bet it was the patio doors. It was the patio doors because they had patio doors that people would come in and out of and forget to put back where they were marked. I, yeah. thought, I bet it's the patio doors they've seen. And it wasn't. It was the boulder coming down the hill. You know, at the beginning where the boulders rolling down the hill. Yeah, yeah. And we had, um, we had the wide shot of the boulder and then boulder cam that was the camera in the boulder. And so, um, yeah, what it was, that's where he's standing by the swimming pool. The boulder, I think, it looks like it's going to go over his left shoulder, but then it goes over his right. It was something tiny. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, boring. I thought, yeah, I thought it was going to... Um, okay. Well, that's eager eyes, but that's someone really <laughs> desperate, desperately trying to clutch to a... To a I, would, I need to get my name on a programme. I'm like, oh, but was it his left shoulder? You know, because actually in the edit, it might just be that they flip the shot because it worked, but you know, whatever. I don't know. It's very difficult to tell a boulder what to do. <laughs> Reset the boulder. So, what, like, yeah. did, where were you shooting? Was that out in Spain? Yeah, it was in uh, Almeria. Nice. How long was that? A wild one. Oh, six, six weeks. Yeah. So, we shot there and then we came back to um, Action Underwater. Where we shot the um, the heist, but, mm. and then yeah, then shot around London. Features, commercials, love them both. Love the, you know, what is there? Are there certain things from each of the areas that you really love doing? Yes, there are, and I think for me, I'm really glad that I started in TV. Mm. Really loved doing the features. What made me love? I was thinking about it earlier at the end of Sexy Beast. Other departments were, were saying, oh, you know, we're ending there and we were overshoot, we, we were overrunning a bit. Like, oh, well, if I jump on this and I jump off that and I can do that, I can fit that in. And they said to me, what do you do next? And I just thought, I'm going to lie down for three months. I don't know how. <laughs> how, <laughs> you stay, yeah. how do you stay in that feature to feature to feature? I, yeah. I'm going to hibernate. <laughs> <laughs> lie down in a dark room um, yeah so for me I'm really glad I've done features but mm. now for me commercials are the thing no, I really no. enjoy I really enjoy them I like the concentrated so I start a commercial sometimes not even I don't get any prep for a commercial occasionally I'll get a script I won't see it till the morning the first day of shoot yeah so it's very immediate and I I, what I, do, I live in Hastings now I drive home to Hastings on the last night I finish the edit notes, send them off, and then that's, I'm done. Yeah. That's finished. And I Thanks like that. that contained. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that really works for me now. I think it's good. Well, look, we're kind of, it feels like, and I haven't 
really kept it feels like we're about a 45 minute mark and it's flown by and i love it and i always like to give the last little bit is there anything that i've missed that you think is really important to kind of say about script supervising a question that i should have what question should have i should i have asked yeah let's, let's see that what, what have i missed do you know what i would say about script supervising mm. it's for me, and I keep talking about continuity and there's more to the job than that, but as a script supervisor, I think it's a lot about, I don't like the blame game. Yes. I think the blame game is really pointless. It's a team effort. And um, I think it's really good to have solutions, particularly um, if, the mistake, if a mistake's been made, it's very good to know what the solution to the mistake is. And so... Nice. So... so I don't know where I'm going with this. Yes, no, I do. Go, go with it. I don't know how to get into it. I got a little story. I don't know how to get into it. Just hit us with the story. I'm putting my left hand. It's left hand. <laughs> We're at the dentist. Left hand. Help me. <laughs> go. Just hit me with the story. Stop the drilling. <laughs> I was working on a shoot and I'd completely forgotten the director's name, luckily, but he was quite scary. I'd done one shoot with him and I'd lived through it. And the second shoot I did with him we were on about our third shot of the morning and the makeup artist came in to me and she said very quietly in my ear, good, I like that, I forgot to put the tattoo on. I'm like, oh, okay. And I looked at the actress like, oh, how did I not notice that? And so, so I waited till the end of the take and I leant over to the director really quietly and said, um, the, I'm really sorry, the actress doesn't have the tattoo on. And he went, okay. And I said, so what we've shot this morning, the wide shot, we'll get away with it because yeah. she was mainly turned the other way. If you don't mind cutting around her turning, we won't see it. But the mid shot on this close up we're doing, we're gonna have to reshoot. And he said, okay. And then there was this almighty yelling and banging and crying and the producer had got hold of the makeup artist. <laughs> there was some kind of, you know, those cartoon oh, fights with legs and arms. There was a big hoo-ha going on out there. And, um, and he said to me, go and get the makeup artist. We'll take her back to makeup and put it on. So I retrieved the makeup artist, put it in. And, um, and then we carried on and, and shot out the scene. We shot the close-up, went back to the mid-shot, yep. finished. And I was really shaking. I felt awful, awful. And um, as we were changing sets, I said to the director, I'm so sorry about that. And he said, well... He said the makeup artist should have known she hadn't put it on. He said the actress should have known she didn't have a tattoo. The first might have noticed. He said, I should have seen it. There's a whole team of people mm. who should have noticed. Yeah. And and it it was a really good lesson because much as I want to, I want to be the one saving every goal, I can't be, and it is a team effort. And nice. um, yeah, that was that was a good lesson to learn. Like it. I like how you brought it back around. End of the episode. Back around to the beginning, which is the football analogy. Look at you. Oh, Season yeah. pro. <laughs> Season pro. Oh, so, oh no. I, no! You didn't ask Do you know what you didn't ask me that I do so, want to put in? You go. didn't ask me for my, um, what is it? What did you call it? Industry-related story. Oh, yeah. So what's your industry-related... <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, then. Bye. Let's do it. What's your industry? What's your, what's your, what's your story? I've been working on commercials for about, probably about a year, yep. about a year, say, and 
I was penciled and then confirmed for a job in Ladigue, Ladigue Island, which is in the Seychelles. Oh. So I flew to the Seychelles. Lovely. We shot this fantastic commercial. Um, it was sunny. It was beautiful. The crew were lovely. I had the best time ever. And on the, um, the last day, it rained, so we couldn't shoot. Oh. We shot the next day. There was no plane off the island for a couple of days. Brilliant. We hung out. We had, a, you know, we had a really lovely time. Went bareback riding in the sea. It was just beautiful, beautiful. And I flew home. You know, a couple of days later, Wizzo rang up and said, oh, um, I've got a pencil for you. It's a job in Black Island. And I went, oh, where's that? <laughs> <laughs> she said, um, uh, no, we're near the socials. It's a studio in Acton, darling. <laughs> so anyone that's listening that doesn't know what Black Island is, it's the film studios that is basically, if you get into commercials, it's going to be your second home for years. Um, <laughs> the, so I guess you were pretty green. That was one of your first Black Island experiences. That was, that was my first Black Island experience. Well, can I fly straight from I, here to there? Is it near where I am? <laughs> Yeah, that moment of oh, brilliant. No. Right. So, what if if you if you if you had some advice for your younger self, what would you what would you say to yourself now? Um, I think it would be to not miss an opportunity. I mean, it's kind of what I was going back to was you know when you said about what did I learn from being with the editors. Mm. I think um, is don't miss never miss an opportunity to learn from another department. I think that's really important to know what everybody's doing through what everyone's going through. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll hang out with somebody in the morning and, and they're telling me a bit about what their day's gonna be like. And now I know to really listen to that. Mm. Not because I tend to switch off with technical stuff. If I'm hearing like technical blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, but actually that's really important to that person in that department mm. and I might be able to do something to help that Amazing. so uh, I think to yeah to listen, right. listen hey, to everybody as advice as advice even for non-film students even for just fans of film that are listening you're like take every opportunity whether you whether you, yeah. whether it's you know you're you're an accountant and you want to step into and start your own firm whether it's you're a, a nurse that wants to, you know, anyone that's listening. That's that's great advice. Amazing. So now we come to the, you know, this is this is your chance. I step back, I take I take my, my mouth away from the microphone, and this is your <laughs> the this is your outro. You you have you got someone to say thank you to or an opportunity or anything that you want to shout out, the floor is yours. I'm gonna say thank you to Ian R. Wallace who was the guy who ran the drama group when I was little, who took me to the BBC, introduced me to it, and showed me this amazing, crazy, fantastic, stressful, annoying, frustrating, bonkers life that I've had since and loved. Love it. I hope he listens. And if he doesn't, we should find him. Like I hope a, he listens. Like we'll a J.R. Hartley. <laughs> and also, what was his name again? Ian R. Wallace. Ian R. Wallace. And, uh, and he had to put the R in because I think there was an Ian Wallace who was a presenter, actor. The R was always important. Okay. And is it a normal Ian? So I-A-N or is there a, like a second yeah. I? Yeah, okay. No, no Ian second R. I. Ian R. Wallace, who worked at the BBC. 
Who, who works at the BBC? Yeah. Worked at the BBC. Let's find he him. worked at the BBC. Let's find him. Film family. Let's make this happen. Come on. Let's do it. It could be like, was, was it Silla Black when she used to, what was the, you know, find people from your past and you're just sitting on a sofa right. and everyone just starts crying. Oh my God, it's here. <laughs> do you know what's funny though? I do have his phone number and email address. Jeez. I'm going to send him a link. You should yeah, I do. We kept in touch. Text. Yeah. Yeah, I will. All right, well, that's it. We found him. Yeah. We found him. Yeah, that was easy. That was easy. Right. Okay. Anything else we should get done before the end of the day? Oh, God. Well, look, mate, thank you so much for coming on and for giving your story and for, and for talking to people because I'm, you know, I've got, I've had producers on, I've had cameramen and women and DOPs and focus pullers and all the rest of it. And actually, when you sent me a message, I was like, I'd like it just, this and there's loads of departments and people that I haven't got to yet and all the rest of it but it's a really important role and to make a good film that flows right and that doesn't have mistakes it's like it's like it's a super important role that I think just needs to be highlighted so thank you for coming on and showing us why and how and um and yeah, for, for giving up your time. It's a lovely sunny day. You could be out having a little walk on the beach, but you've chosen to stay indoors and, and give me an hour of your time. So massive, massive love, mate. Massive love. Um, film family, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. If you can, drop a little review in the Apple podcast. Um, and until we meet again, you lovely, lovely people, big love, and that's a wrap. So that was a chat with the king or queen in the game. I'll give it a shout at the end so you all know the name. It's the Film Gods Podcast. The what? The Film God Podcast.